This is Formula SAE FastCast, the official podcast of the Formula SAE series. Welcome everyone to Formula SAE FastCast. I am Amanda Petrakowski, Program Developer at SAE International. Today we're going to be talking about the new cost module and what that means for teams. I'm joined today with... Mike Zeman, who was the developer behind the scenes for the cost module, Bill Riley, who is a member of the rules committee and an advocate for the cost event, and Kaylee Zundel, the program manager for Formula SAE, is also going to be helping us walk through this topic. So, Bill, can you walk us through the evolution of the cost report, where we've been, where we are now, and where we're going? Sure. So my involvement with Formula SAE started in 1997 when I was at Cornell, and I was a team member working on the cost report. So in those days, we uh, Susie was also the event captain for cost, I believe, and she ran the event. And the way it worked was we would produce receipts for the different systems and components on the vehicle. So we were we used a thousand units per year production run, and we had to come up with receipts that justified the cost in the cost report. And the the downside of this was that it, it was very sensitive to your ability to work with different companies to get quotes for a thousand units of a different item. So, for example, if you needed rod ends and you used Aurora rod ends, if you could get them to give you a, a cost estimate for four thousand rod ends, assuming you had four per vehicle, then your price would be quite low. And if instead you had to go and buy them from Coast Fabrication, your price would be quite high. So there was a, and there was also a lot of regional differences, different places in the world, different materials or have different costs. And this did not seem like the maximum educational experience. So the idea was in the mid 2000s, when I was on the rules committee and working on the cost event to try to drive out some of the sensitivity to the, the receipts and the quotes, as well as make it the standard no matter where you are in the world. The idea was create standardized cost tables that all teams would use that would try to focus the cost event on trading performance with with cost. So make it really a value equation for engineering students to have to trade performance and functional characteristics with, with the raw material and the processing costs. And that was why we set out to write the cost tables. And at the point where we had cost tables and standardized costing, materials, processes, fasteners, and tooling. There was an opportunity to try to come up with a standard database type approach to automate that. We did a beta test using Microsoft Access databases that students saved locally and ran on their computers and then would send the information to us. It was a good pathfinder experiment, what wasn't as scalable as we wanted. And so working with Mike and the and the folks there, there was an opportunity to do a web-based application for data capture for the student side that would help automate this process, make it easier for them, less bandwidth, also have a lot of functionality using the cost tables now became a catalog feature. So I'm really excited that this year after almost a you know, over a decade of, of going down this path towards a web-based tool with standardized cost tables, we'll be able to go live. It's really exciting. And I, I would say the overarching purpose of this change, again, was to make it a better educational experience. We wanted an event that that does force, like in the real world, whether you're an automotive engineer, an aerospace engineer, or, or a commercial goods, cost is very important to product development. And this seems like the best way that we're aware of to force that trade to happen in the design, the team design process in their design reviews. And as they work towards comp to have a car that is of value to the customer, the pretend customer who would be buying it. Kaylee, do you have anything else to add to that? So the future of the cost module and where we're going, um, unlike Bill, actually, I was kind of brought in this 
midstream. Um, he was working with this on um, with our original program manager, Steve Dom. But I'm really excited, like Bill, too, to have this go live for the first year. All teams will be using it. Last year, we beta tested. But it's going to be more exciting, hopefully, in the future, because what we're currently working on this year is now that we're having all the teams put the data in, Mike Zeman, who is working on the development side, is actually going to be building the judge side. So in possibly 2018, we will be using that um, where all the judging will be on site, all digital. Judges can make changes to the cost reports immediately on online. So, and there's so many different opportunities that this new system is going to you know, possibly open doors for us where we can start integrating it more into the sales presentation judging or more into the cost judging um, and integrating all of it together more to make it more consistent. Speaking of the beta teams, what are some of the changes that the teams that participated in the beta last year, how many teams were there, Kaylee? We had originally started out with 20, but I think we ended up getting, I think, 13, 15, some more teams that actually participated. Okay, so at least more than a dozen teams participated in the beta last year. What changes will they be? Uh, Mike Zeman, you might want to speak to this one. What changes might they experience when they're logging back in this year? Mostly, it was polishing, little convenience features, and uh, two, two big things. We did change the density to auto-populate. So this time, if you're selecting a raw material on a bill of materials line item, it will automatically choose the density for you once you've selected the material. So you don't have to look those up. The other thing is we changed the units for that density from what we had in the past was kilograms per millimeter cubed. And now we're going to kilograms per meter cubed, which is uh, much more conventional and e- easier to understand. There's, it's an easier number to work with. So that, that was some feedback that we got during the beta as well from both sides. So those are the two, the two big changes, and it really only affects one part. So we got a lot of good feedback along the lines of trying to make it easier on the teams to enter the information and not have to go look up all these things in the reference tables. We've made that change where we automatically populate the density. Okay, sounds good. Um, Will any other submissions be transitioning to more of a digital format? Uh, Well, at this current time, we don't really have anything like right up on the calendar. But I know in talking to design judges, so I'll let Bill Riley continue with this, um, they do have an idea of how they would like the design feature to be moved forward in the future. Well, yeah, one of the visions we do have is that you shouldn't have to enter the same information twice into the system. So right now, when you fill out the design spec sheet, you have to tell us how many cylinders your engine uses, some of the specifications like that. You also have to enter that into the cost system. So we see the vision of having the design spec sheet be captured through the web-based tool. It also lets us cross-validate the cost data. So if you want to take credit for it in design, you have to include the cost in the cost report. So it sounds like the vision ultimately is moving more towards a holistic approach to all of the static events really tying together to one more accurate snapshot of of what the teams has have done design-wise. That's right. So we think you should only you should only have to enter the same data once and then we'll use it throughout all the different static events and dynamic events to make sure to validate the data and and make sure it's uh, the minimum effort from the students. I'm sure there's a lot of students out there that are I'm very excited to hear that. I think we're gonna we're gonna learn some really interesting stuff coming back from from this iteration of the cost. We're gonna see more feedback from the students, and hopefully they they like all of the conveniences that we've added, and they'll have some more constructive suggestions for how to make this even better moving forward. And as we transition to the next phase of that, where we're building tools for the back end, I'm having having been a, a competitor and an organizer and volunteer 
I'm very sensitive to making life easier for those of us on both of those sides. So we've tried to do a lot for the students. In the next phase, we're going to try to make life much easier for the people judging all these reports. Because if you think about it, every every team, they just had to create one big cost report. But these relatively small number of judges compared to the team members have to grade all of the reports and have to audit them and have to check them and have to go through them on site. And, and it's, it's actually a lot of work for those involved. And one of the things that I believe is that we can leverage technology like this to make that work more efficient for those people, make it easier, make it more enjoyable, more streamlined. And, and that's really what we're trying to do. And, and I think that you guys said we, we might see that going into design as well. If we, we have some really good lessons learned come out of this entire experience from modernizing the cost approach on, on both the student side and the judge side, we can do the same thing in, in similar areas in the future and, and keep that integration up and, and say, well, this is what we learned from, from doing it in cost. How do we make design easier for all those guys? How do, how do we do that? How do we leverage technology to do that? So speaking of technology, we are releasing this brand new process for students. We've had a dozen or maybe a few more teams participate in the beta. So they've already seen this. Is that cost module live for teams right now to go in and start looking at? And how are teams going to figure out how to move through this process, whether that's training materials or even documentation? The cost module is currently available for all teams online to to start getting in and, and playing with. Through the beta test, actually, we had one of the students from Akron, her name's Rachel, who's a huge, uh, huge um, component to the beta testing. She provided us a lot of great feedback. Um, she was really vocal on giving us some ideas. So I actually reached out to her and, and I had her um, participate with me on walking through the cost module in a WebEx so I could record it, almost kind of more of a, a video guide versus just some screenshot. We will still put together something that we utilized for the beta testers last year and just revise it a little bit more for the, for the teams this year so they also have that printed out screenshot. I think from just obviously not being um, a past competitor and having to build the cost module, but watching time and time again, going through the, the meetings we've had and then things like that, it seems really intuitive that a student student just be able to kind of really just roll through it. Honestly, easier than having to go through all the different tabs and rolling through <laughs> the Excel spreadsheets. I think speaking from the user perspective, I do think the tool's pretty well written and it's intuitive for most students who live in a web-based world with Gmail and other apps. So I am optimistic that it, with the support we're providing, it'll be pretty intuitive as well. And it also mirrors the Excel spreadsheets that have been used in the past few years. So if you're familiar with that process, it should be pretty natural. When we set up to develop that, it was kind of a tall order to say, hey, we've got a, a really snappy desktop application here that everybody's familiar with. I mean, most engineers at some point in their, in their training are have used Excel. So they're really comfortable with a lot of that. And to say, hey, we want to make, we want to reinvent that in the browser with all these extra features and we need it to be at least as good as the Excel. It was kind of a daunting task at first, to be honest. And we we scratched our heads a lot and said, how do we make this better? How do we make this into a faster, better experience than than what we previously had while building on all of the investment and the knowledge that's gone into the, the current way? Uh, how do we not lose that moving forward, but build something that students are not going to be like, oh gosh, this is so much harder to use. That's We've lost if we've done that. So we knew, hey, we've got to do something that meets those needs. And, and Bill and, and you, 
you guys on the SAE side were very adamant about that too. You said, "Hey, it's got to be good. We can't we can't have something that's worse." One of the, one of the things that I think teams are going to find really exciting is is the integrated catalog stuff that that Bill was talking about. The catalogs are still there in web page form to browse and to look at you know this brick caliper versus that or or what's a, a, a you know cost benefit kind of analysis for what's around. Uh, there's some neat tools in there to help you find stuff easily like we had before. But largely, we're seeing that most of the teams that did the beta didn't have nearly as much a need to go back to the catalog and look for things. Because now that you just sort of start typing in each bill of material line, you can actually reach out to the catalog really easily through right there and, and find what you need. Uh, oh, I need this bolt size and this. And it'll calculate the cost for you instead of you having to go do that in the catalog and then paste the cost in. I think that that was one of our goals. That was one of the things Bill said, hey, this is what we want. And this is one of the ways we're going to make it better uh, than what we have. And I, I, th- I think they're going to really enjoy that. I think we've gotten positive feedback from that already. Two things that I would recommend to teams who didn't participate in the beta is don't wait. I know we say this about everything, but don't wait just to get started on your cost report. Yes, the system's intuitive, but it is new, and you're going to have to learn your way through it the first time. So if you start two days before the cost report's due, you're going to be upset. So it's not hard. It's better, but you still have to learn it. And to speak to that point, Mike, actually, it's probably a good time to tell the teams that if you have several different student team members building items within the cost report, for instance, like the brake versus the engine, et cetera, they could be in there at the same time, different times, actually building their components. So they don't have to wait for somebody to do the part before them, right? In fact, that was one of the, the sort of hidden features that came in was once we took this to the web, um, you no longer have to worry about doing a shared worksheet or something or worrying if that's going to mess up the cost report. We've seen that happen to a lot of people. They, they try to branch out and let people work on this in parallel in, in the current scheme. And sometimes it comes back to bite them because some of those features kind of mess up the file. We've had people put it into Google spreadsheets and then and then export it back. And, and sometimes that works, but sometimes it doesn't. Um, now in the new system, you can parallelize that as much as you want to. Uh, you can always you can even work down in the same assembly, but we don't recommend that you work on the same part or the same line items at the same time. So if you have a guy that does suspension hand him the suspension section and say, go, go to town. The other guy can be doing brakes. The other guy can be doing chassis all at the same time uh, without the fear of stepping on each other. So one question that probably comes to my mind that I think, you know, the other hundred and some teams that didn't get the beta test this will have is if they're going through the online module and they're shopping in the catalog and they don't see, um, you know, something that they that they want to choose from. Previous years, it was, you know, always email us, things like that. Is that process changing for them? That's a good point. Bill, uh, can you tell us a little bit about the ad item request and how we're handling that this year? Feature state could be we integrate the ad item request form with the application. So it streamlines the process for students to request items be added to the cost tables. I think for this upcoming year, we'll be sticking with the current system of uh, filling out an ad item request Excel spreadsheet and emailing it in. And then we disposition those and add them to the catalog. So the current method for the upcoming year and future updates are possible. So I'll give you a quick input on that. Uh, We will be adding that. Uh, If formula is fortunate that they're in the position now where the catalog is pretty mature. As we bring on other series like Baja, 
they're going to have a million ad item requests and we will have to automate it and put it into the system. Otherwise, they won't be able to juggle all the Excel files. So even if you guys don't end up needing it, you might still get it in the near future, just not this season. Finally, something I can piggyback off of Baja. <laughs> I had a feeling Whoa. you say that. Shots <laughs> fired. It's hard to be bleeding edge, right? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so we've done a lot of talking today about the cost module and submitting, essentially fulfilling that cost report requirement ahead of time. What, if any, changes on site will this new process have for students? Well, we're planning, I think, the same on-site experience for this year. The current plan for the on-site experience for students will be pretty similar to last year. We'll have the primary round of of cost judging with Susie and her team. And then afterwards, we'll be taking the top scoring teams and doing secondary cost audits that Steve Taylor will continue to lead the effort on at Michigan. So the, the idea of the cost audits is it gives us a little bit more time to go into detail and and do some like validation of the actual co- the masses that go into the costs and look at specific items. The idea there is to make sure the the top performing scoring teams and costs get an extra set of eyes going into them. So it'll be pretty comparable in terms of on site for students. There's some new changes going in though behind the scenes. So the getting all of the data into a database through the web tool gives us a lot of options for processing that data. And in addition to the human review that Susie and her team do, we're working on a set of algorithms that will search through the cost data. And I want to make this super clear to teams that we'll be able to do statistics in a way we've never been able to do before. We'll be able to validate the data in a better way against other inputs like SESs. When you say the laminate in a tub, we'll be able to cross-check those thicknesses and masses with the cost data you gave us and add up all the carbon in the tub. So we'll have a ability to double check in a much more automated way that is uh, hopefully going to lead to very crisp cost reports that are reflective of reality and don't have the shaving of data. As an outsider, that is something that, you know, you hear, you know, being mumbling in the paddocks or whatever. So I'm interested to see this team's reaction this year to the cost, the new cost module, and then ultimately moving forward as we start adding on this process and really um, maximizing the if, the ability, like Bill mentioned, the the data that we now ha- will have our hands on, as well as you know Mike Zeman's point earlier that once we automate one section, we all um, automatically have the ability to start to think about how that feeds into other sections. So I want to give everyone a chance to have any last uh, thoughts. And I think I'll start with Kaylee. Do you want to wrap up anything about the cost module? For those who don't know, one of Kaylee's biggest strengths is really listening to the voice of the customer. And and that's the you guys, the teams. She really goes out of her way to hear what the teams are saying and find ways to push the boundaries and um, incorporate that feedback into the way formula will be run the next year. So this is a direct result of customer feedback and volunteer feedback as well, which we've mentioned earlier. So Kaylee, any last thoughts? Well, after I stop blushing, um, <laughs> no, um, I, I, I'm excited for the cost report. Um, I definitely do, you know, I definitely do try to listen to both my customers. Um, you know, it's not just the students, but it is the volunteers. Um, you know, they're giving me a lot of time, you know, throughout the year that, um, you know, is comparable in many cases to the time that students are putting into these projects. So, you know, and, and they've got, you know, full-time jobs and families and, and life. So, um, you know, when, 
like I said, I, I initially didn't start this project. It was actually started by the previous program manager, some suggesting from, you know, Bill and, and that. I'm just really happy that I've gotten to keep pushing it forward. Um, I'm really liking what I'm seeing. I think it's going to be super exciting for to, uh, for the teams to use. I think once they actually maybe get over the fear of this change, um, they're just going to love it. It's going to make, I think, lives easier for everybody. And then just to know what type of opportunities that are there for the future events and how we can incorporate and change the events around, it's just really exciting to me. You know, as technology and, you know, just eras change, you know, there's not been any really major changes to Formula SAE since its inception, you know. I mean, there's been a few things here and there, but, you know, it's maybe it's time that we start looking at that. We got to make Got to keep this program relevant for our our customers. Yeah, other than that, I'm just I'm really excited and hope the teams enjoyed as much as as we've been putting it together for them. Bill, any final thoughts, especially coming from a former competitor to now being on the rules committee and help driving some of this innovation that has been a, a long time in the making in your eyes? Yeah, I think it's important to say that having worked on a lot of different rules initiatives over time, there's always unintended consequences and there's wins and losses along the way. So being a little more like realistic, I think there'll be wins and losses here too. But I think as long as the students know that we're really dialed into feedback and want to make this a great outcome in the long run, we'll get there either quickly or just over time. It'll be a solid experience, but we are open to feedback and making it better along the way. And then keeping in mind, again, just the cost event exists to, to force this trade between the content on your car and the performance on the track and the cost that goes into it. So I think it's an important event because at least from my undergraduate and graduate experiences, we didn't have a class that really taught the importance of of cost and value engineering. And I'm excited that this formula gives this experience to the students. So I think it's important for your future job. And along the way, we want it to be a really educational and smooth experience. So I'm excited to work towards that end. Which is really ultimately what the formula SAE is all about, right? It's all about kind of pushing outside of those textbooks and those classrooms and getting out there and making it happen and and learning. I mean, things have consequences, right? So cost is one of those things for sure. And one day you'll be getting a performance review that is based in part on how the co- how your costs ended up relative to the program targets. So it's it's an important skill to develop and I think Formula and Baja and other SAE events are somewhat unique in offering a, a pretty valid experience in that respect. I'll finish uh, one thing. I, I made a comment earlier where I said there, there's two things and I, I didn't get back to the second one. The second thing I would remind teams that are that are coming to use this system for the first time this year is that although you're doing all the entry through the web, just like last time, you still have to print out a final report. You still have to submit an EBOM. The system can help you do both of those things really easily. It's going to generate a printable report that you can then print and send just like you would before. The system's going to have a, a, a button, it has it right now actually, where you can go generate all the data for the EBOM, paste it into the EBOM template that it has right there for you, and submit it via the FSA online website. So that's separate from turning in your cost report digitally. And that's something to, to keep in mind right now as we're in this transition phase is you will submit your, your cost report when you're done with it, the, the online version. You'll print it. And you'll also export the EBOM data and submit that. 
So we see that that streamlining more in the future, but we're working with the constructs we have right now. So don't forget to do all three of those things. That's important. All three of those are important. The other thing that I would remind you guys, the teams, is uh, there are a few checks and reports in there that you can run against your cost report that will help you identify things like maybe part numbers you forgot to fill out or maybe items that showed up with a zero cost. And that might not necessarily be wrong. It's just kind of helping you mull over your data hopefully before you submit it, so that you can identify any any of the problems that you guys might have found or, or maybe that you missed in the development of your cost report. We're trying to, I mean, we, we want you guys to succeed. We're trying to give you the tools to, to help you find problems and have a, a good report and get it in. We've done a lot of work on it. We look forward to hearing your feedback and uh, to seeing how this year goes. So one final point, Kaylee, if students do have feedback along the process, is there a certain place you want them to be sending it to? The best place is probably at the feedback at fsaonline.com, just because that's monitored by several staff, um, including Mike Zeman, who is our programmer. So especially if it's on a weekend or something and you're having a serious issue, Mike sometimes likes to play over the weekend. So if he sees your problem, he might be able to fix it much faster than if you wait till Monday and you know I, myself, or um, Amanda or Sarah, who are the staff at SAE, sees it and then we have to talk with Mike. So that would be my first suggestion. If it happens, because, you know, we're all human sometimes, um, you know, it, it might be missed or it might be taken a little bit longer to resolve and we haven't communicated back to you. You can email us again or you can email me directly and my email is kzundle at sae.org. Okay, so that first email was feedback at fsaeonline.com. And that is a good email for both uh, technical problems that you're coming up against as well as any just general feedback about the process. and. If you haven't gotten a, a quick enough response or if it's an urgent issue, you can email Kaylee and her email is kzundel, Z-U-N-D-E-L, at sae.org. And I'm sure she'll have an open ear on at competition. So if you go through the experience and you have uh, some additional thoughts, she's always willing to listen. So I want to thank everyone for helping us on this episode. This is a, a big topic to tackle. And a much larger project that's been happening over the course of a few years. So I think it's really cool to watch it all come to fruition as an outsider. And I know our students are appreciative of the move towards the digital and the technological <laughs> side. Um, so students, feel free to put your thoughts down in the comments underneath this podcast. And um, thank you, Kaylee. Thank you, Bill. Thank you, Mike, for taking the time out of your own busy schedules to help communicate to the students about what this new experience will be like. So stay safe over... Um, the next month in the shop. Next episode, we'll be talking about the skill shops at Formula SAE Michigan. So be sure to check that out. As always, you can subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher. Stay safe. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Formula SAE FastCats. As always, we want to hear from you. So email us at formulasae at sae.org. The show notes for this episode can be found at www.fsaeonline.com. Stay safe and we'll catch you next episode.